Do you have any interest in this little, or like the good dinosaur movie? Kind of. Like, it's weird that I've heard almost nothing about it. Or I've heard about its, like, production issues and stuff, but I don't know. I'm still not really sure how to feel about two Pixar movies in one calendar year. But there was not one last year, right? Correct. Because it was Brave in 2013 and then a long break. Right. Have you seen Inside Out yet? I've seen it twice. <laughs> I really want to buy a... I want, I want uh, little desk figurines of sadness and anger. Hmm, I feel like that says a lot about you. I think it does. <laughs> Wait, okay, this is still not the show. Oh, no, it's it's definitely the show. We're live. Well, well, did you actually start it? Or I mean, wait. I mean, I can start it wherever I want to. Okay, as long as it somehow works out that you were the one who spoke first. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut that together. Yeah, Han shot first. <laughs> is that a thing? Very good, yes. Is it true? Uh, well, not anymore. <laughs> I know nothing about geek culture. Yeah. Or maybe, hold on. I, are Star Wars and Star Trek similar things? Like in the same, like, I don't know. I, I seem to, I think I associate with nerd culture and I like certain nerdy or geeky things. But the whole sci-fi thing just washes right over me and I have zero interest in it. And I've always wondered, like, why, like, what what the boundaries are between, like, Star Trek, Star Wars, and Stargate, and all, all all these like cultural phenomena that people seem to enjoy that I have no interest in. I mean, they're they're the same genre, but you know, most people prefer one or the other. I I like Star Wars, and I, I don't particularly care for Star Trek. Was Star Trek a television show, or was it movies, or was it both? Both. Okay. All right. Can you give us an update on SodaStream? A soda stream's great. Um, I have a open bottle right here in front of me. Um, I think I mentioned I I got some of the the flavors. Um, I haven't really found any that I particularly love. I still kind of gravitate towards just you know the plain water, but sure, it's it's very good. Yeah, is that what they mean by bottle service? It is. Yes. There we go. Uh. So we, we have some uh, follow-up or follow-out, you know, as you say, uh, from last week's show. Doesn't it have to be from a different podcast to be follow-out? I don't know. Is that what they do? I thought that was whenever Jason or somebody on Upgrade brings out, ha- has a response to a topic that wasn't addressed on their own program. I think that's what follow-out is. I see. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Well, th- th- I think this actually was from two episodes ago, so maybe that counts as follow-out. It's an entirely different program now. Yeah. Exactly. Go for it. Um, and this, so this is you in in the Slack this week. It's a follow-up on tap to pay. So what what do you mean by this? Oh, I, I just over, like, I was just thinking. So for tap, what, like, what's one of the biggest merchants that people shop at that's not, like, Target or, like, Walmart? Like, what, what like, just sheer number of visits. What what's What's the place that you think of? Walgreens. No, they already support tap to pay. Oh, wait, so are you asking that doesn't support tap to pay? Yes, I should I should have clarified. Yes, you should have. <laughs> um hmm. Biggest that doesn't support tap to pay. Just in terms of like pr- like probable number of customer visits. And you said I can't choose target? No. I don't really even know what direction you're going with this Starbucks. to be honest. Starbucks. Uh, well, hmm, that's complicated. 
What do you mean? They they have their own thing. Yeah, so that that was my question. So how much like you know there's the whole like uh it's it's it was a consortium of like Walmart and Best Buy and Target and like all you know all the people that were involved in that currency thing. Yeah, we 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 talked about that on the show. Yeah, so they're trying to get people to pay through their applications so they don't have to pay the uh, credit card uh, processing or exchange processing fees. But Starbucks was kind of an early adopter and early driver on uh, mobile payments by getting people to have like virtual gift cards on their phone inside of the Starbucks app. So because they've experienced moderate success with that, do you think Starbucks will ever support tap to pay? I shouldn't say ever, but in the next five to ten years. I think so. Yeah. I, I think they can find a way to kind of migrate their existing system over to that. But do you think they want to? I don't think it, no, I don't think it's uh they like it's too hard. I think they don't want to because they think they have enough people using their app and that weird funky barcode thing. I think if if enough people start to use tap to pay and if that becomes close enough to the standard, then sure. Hmm. I don't know. I think I think I just took a more pessimistic view, and I think that that prob- they'll hold out for a very long time because they kind of already have what currency is, or what like I think that's what they hope for that to be. Yeah, but would there be really any downside? Like, if if they already have to get the new payment terminals, like we talked about last week, would it would there really be any downside to you know, even for a while support both? Because I think. <sighs> Like, if you're going to involve a smartphone in it, I think that, like, they they would prefer that because the transaction fees are lower by doing, like, larger lump sum, like, card reloads, that they would prefer that it happen that way. And if they can add slightly, like, if people, like, I don't know, if they can add more friction to it, that makes them more money. Hmm. I don't know why, but I just I think they're gonna they're gonna drag their feet on it. This is some tangentially related. I I continue to be just blown away by how crowded every single Starbucks is every single day. Because it's a known quantity. No, I, I get it, but I I just everywhere I go uh, each morning, you know, I, I pass, I probably pass four Starbucks on my way to work every day, and it's it's just amazing just to look block. in. Right. And it just, you know, there's lines out the door. It's, it's just, uh, it's it's amazing. How many Paneros do you cross? None. Oh, Panera's the best. Uh, hmm. See, that that's an app I like because that one, uh, you can order uh, like for a rapid pickup. So my Panera is like uh, five minutes away and I can go on my way to work. So I can order as I'm walking to my car, just walk in, not have to talk to anybody, just grab my breakfast sandwich and go. It's amazing, and you it, it's uh, and you pay with Apple Pay, and it's fantastic. Living in the future, kind of. I I generally enjoy Panera, but I I don't quite share the same level of enthusiasm for it as you do. I just think comp- like like penny for penny or dollar for dollar, because because <laughs> it, it's not that cheap. Um, like their breakfast food is way better than what Starbucks. Well, that <laughs> that's a very low bar. Oh, I'm not saying in the French Laundry, like, ugh. like what, I've, never, I've never been there. Have you? No, I'm not yeah. spending three hundred dollars on a meal of. No, no, just don't, don't, no. 
you you don't really even know what the menu is going to be, right? There's a, there's a have we already talked about this? We probably have. There, for me, there's a threshold on, or there's got to be some like logarithmic curve that I can map out for like the utility I get per dining dollar, and like there are restaurants like it. I, think I, feel like, like, I feel like I'm back in intro to microeconomics. Like I, like the first like you spend six dollars on food. Like the utility is amazing, and then like you get a little bit more, and then there's kind of like a, a trailing off point, and then it shoots back up when you go to maybe like a a Yelp three dollar sign restaurant. But when you get up to the four dollar sign restaurants, I like for me personally, I don't assign that much like benefit to and like the experience doesn't make that much of a difference for me where like the like some exquisite like food making process makes a meal that's three times more expensive than a pretty good meal worth it to me does that make sense it does make sense i think i think for me it's more about like the time and the place i think if if the you know if if the moment's right I think spending a little bit more, but not a little bit more. Like, like you know, the places where like it's it's a it's a uh, a fixed price like tasting menu. It's like one hundred twenty dollars a person. They call that uh, the prefix menu. No, that's, no, that is what it's called. No, I know, but I don't think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, well, how would you pronounce it? That's why I was that's why I was skipping over it because I wasn't going to say it in a pretentious fake French accent. Oh, because I think it has to go up at the end, right? Never mind. <laughs> not really entirely sure what that means. N- never mind. Okay. Where was what, I? What, what, let's come back to that. Where was I? Utility? Or, Mar- you, marginal utility. <laughs> <laughs> has everybody turned this off already? I'm, yeah, I'm what, guessing so. What has happened? I don't, where are we going with this? So basically, like, I got to map out this curve. Like, there's... <laughs> Again, oh, like... There, you, you, there, we, there we have a show title. Thank you. <laughs> sure. There you go. Just write it down. Um... Like, just like you have a, you, also, and I think I uh, put this in the show notes once, but, or in the, in the Slack, but I'd never talked about it. Like, you know, like having a good steak, like where like, it's, there's places where you can get a steak that it's like $12 and you might as well just eat your own shoe. <laughs> yes. Cause I had one of those like two weeks ago and it was, oh, the, can, can you say where you went? No, it was just, it was just some diner up, up in Healdsburg just cause for breakfast. I'm like, Oh, steak and eggs for breakfast. That sounds amazing. And then I immediately regretted it. <laughs> and it was almost impossible to cut into, and ugh. you know, I'm not entirely sure I've ever had steak and eggs for breakfast. I don't know why. I'm like, this sounds like a Ron Swanson thing to do. Hell yeah, let's do this. And no, I. Well, if, if you really, if you really want Ron Swanson, you would have gone to the uh, the local strip club and gotten the uh, the breakfast buffet. I have never been to that, and I never will be. No, I that know. just seems like such a gross concept. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, so, but like, like, like you can spend like 30 to $45 on on like a very nice steak and that is totally worth it. But I guess for me, like the difference of going to something that costs like a hundred dollars a plate does like my, I do not benefit a, a two to three times as much. I I generally agree with that. But I think the other thing that you have to consider is the the service that you're getting as well. Maybe I'm just not going to bad, like above average price places. Not, not even, not even bad. Just I, you know, the few times I've gone to a, you know, a, a, what you would call a, a fancier dinner. For me, what really has stood out necess- isn't necessarily the food, but it's the service. 
Yeah, for, I don't know. I guess I just like I place a premium on service, but not that much. Like something has to be a like. I mean, this whole this this theory or this idea can be applied to so many things, whether it be like having a having a nicer car or having or purchasing an Apple laptop versus a Dell. Like you you can definitely spend more and get something nicer, but there's the there's a difference between buying like a Honda and uh, an Audi versus buying a. Uh, like what's what's a what's a fancier car ferrari no but not something that's super impractical something that's just dumb Eh, i was was gonna say bmw but that's mean it's not (laughs) again i i can list the different anyway but like like a rolls royce or something i'm not really sure how that's for different than ferrari but okay Eh, because this whole analogy is breaking down no, I, I I understand what you're saying. That that's that that is exactly the idea of marginal utility, and I'm I'm very very impressed that you still remember that. <laughs> no, but again, I I gotta map this out. Again, it's a curve though, because there's a trough like in in between a nicer restaurant and like a fast casual restaurant, like like a Chipotle or a Panera, obviously. Anyway, well, you you continue to map that out, and maybe we can come back to that next week. Do you do you want to talk about technology now? Ah, uh, sure. I'm just I'm just checked out. I'm already oh. I'm upset about that steak again. <laughs> yeah, that's um. I mean, if you ever feel like you need to talk about that some more, you know, please. If you're ever in in uh, Yontville or kind of the uh, Napa Sonoma region, I'm I'm sure you've probably already been to Bouchon, but they have an amazing like lunch steak. Or I haven't been. It oh it was oh it was, it was so good. In addition to never having a, uh, never having had a steak for breakfast, I also don't think I've ever had a steak for lunch. Oh my goodness, that just seems. Um, see, for me, I'm more of a simple kind of breakfast and lunch guy, where I don't, I don't particularly like exotic foods for either of those meals. Dinner, I'm down for just about whatever likewise i do not think steak is an exotic food and again it was just it was it was on a whim i i am very much in the uh, classic you know uh, sausage bacon eggs so it's something it's something very classic for uh, breakfast I, I am a huge breakfast enthusiast but uh good good lunch steak hmm i just feel like i'd want to take a nap anyway should, should we try to pivot this to technology all right. Do you want me to pick a, a technology category, or do you want to do it from the Jeopardy board? I would very much enjoy for you to. I mean, that this is your show. Or, while we're complaining or talking about just kind of off the cuff, you want to go to something less uh, less formal? Sure. So I'm having big issues with iPhone battery life. Mm, yeah. So so you expressed similar uh, when I told you that you expressed similar sentiment. Yeah, I feel like um, I, I I didn't exactly you know, write this down on the calendar or anything, but I feel like it's since I've gotten my Apple watch, my iPhone battery has been measurably worse. Yeah. For me, I'm not so sure it's even that. Um, cause, I, cause I've had the watch since April and it really didn't become apparent until like this past week where I've, I've been going to the gym more frequently than I have in the past. And I've been in the red by like eight o'clock at night when, if I go to gym at nighttime, that's not really enough to power Bluetooth headphones and browse twitter for an hour and a half so i don't know it's it's been like a somewhat uh, dramatic drop for me and i have no idea what to do with it because i don't want to take it to the apple store and risk them swapping it out for some refurbished phone that's going to have other problems so i just ended up getting a mophie and now i just don't have to lift weights so i guess for me i always have my phone charging when i'm at work 
So it's not usually an issue. I think where I do notice it more is like on the weekends where I'm maybe not around a charger for most of the day. Um, yeah, but I, I guess it's been especially surprising with the Apple Watch because not only have I noticed my battery worsen during that time, but also I feel like I actually use my phone a little bit less since I've had the watch. So you you would think that battery life would actually be even better, um, but I, I have not found that to be the case. I think if you do take it into the Apple Store, though, I don't think they would replace the entire phone. I'm pretty sure they would just swap out the battery for you. Yeah, but I don't know. I've had some very uh, lackluster Apple Store experiences uh, whenever it comes to the service side uh, in the past couple of years. So I'm not sure I'm willing to risk it. Hmm. I mean, I when I had that blue line down the middle of my screen, I thought for sure they were going to swap out the phone, especially because it was so soon after I had gotten it, but they actually replaced the screen. Hmm. So, I mean, if they replaced the screen, I would for sure think they'd replace something simpler like the battery. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I've never been one of those people that, like, uh, gives much credence to, like, planned obsolescence or something. But this is the first phone where I really feel like, uh, I don't know, why, why, why is it crapping out so early? I don't know. Um, iPhone battery life has been one of those things, I think, where it seems like it, it got a lot better over the first couple versions of the phone. And it's it's kind of just peaked out for the last three or four versions. I feel like every year it maybe only improves like on paper by about an hour. But in practice, it's the same, if not a little bit worse than the previous model. Yeah. And again, I'm I'm sure they won't make it any better. Well, I, I bet this year it'll be the same thing, where it'll be... Well, they'll give one like a vague number that says you get an extra hour of talk time, but that's uh, like with the brightness all the way down or something like that. I think you're thinking of all-day battery life. I think you're... Th- <laughs> Again, I, I, I'm never ready for these, but... Uh... No, I know. You got you to gotta be quick. But again, did, did we, we are, I assume we already talked about this, but I'm just going to say it again, of how much it frustrates me that all-day battery life means wildly different things with whatever product they think that they can sell it on. Yeah, but it if you actually... All-day battery life on a laptop is, is 12 hours, which actually ends up being eight hours on a tablet. Well, you're talking about two different things. I mean, I think it is fair to have all-day battery life measured differently across different devices. Now, if the device doesn't actually last the advertised time and it's to the point where you're actually not getting through the day, then sure, that's a problem. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I actually, on a, a similar note, as, as you say, I, I had my own unique iPhone problem this week. Let's hear it. So, you know, I, I have iCloud backup enabled, so my phone just backs itself up every night, and I you know normally don't think about it. And a couple of weeks ago, I got the notification which indicated that my phone hadn't been backed up to iCloud in 14 days. And I went, oh. That's strange. And so I, I looked, and sure enough, the, my last backup was like July 7th or something like that. Um, but when that notification had come up, I like wasn't at home, and I ended up kind of just forgetting about it. Uh, but then earlier this week, I remembered. I was like, oh, yeah, like I, I got that notification about my phone not backing up. I should look into that. And when I looked, sure enough, the previous backup date was still uh, like July 7th. Um, so I thought, hmm, that's weird. Maybe I'll you know just do a like manual backup because when you go into the iCloud backup settings, you can you know just force a backup right then and now. And I, I tried doing that and got just a generic error saying that the backup couldn't be completed. 
so then my next idea was to make a backup just through iTunes on my Mac Mini. That also would just throw up a very generic error saying that um, the backup could not be completed. And I, I tried everything from you know restarting the phone to resetting network settings. Kind of tried everything that I could. And was almost to the point where I was just going to kind of blow away the phone and start from scratch. like Because I just I didn't really know what else to do. But I, I really didn't want to do that. Um, and I just happened to notice as I was flipping through uh, the settings and menus and things that there was a like a 500 megabyte app which like didn't have an icon. It was just like, you know how when like app icons are loading, it's like that white background with the circle and straight lines. It it, it was that. You mean the, the little hourglass installer thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was, I was like, oh, that's weird. And I was trying to think of like, what, what app have I had on my phone that was that large that's like not there anymore? And it, it dawned on me that right around the time that my phone stopped backing itself up, I had uh, uninstalled all of the iWork apps. I had uninstalled Keynote, Pages, and Numbers. I just never use them on my phone. And it so it turns out that that app, which was just kind of sitting there in limbo, half installed, half uninstalled, was Keynote. And even when I went into the, like, the managed storage area and would manually delete it, it would just come right back. So I thought, well, okay, I'll try like re-downloading it, letting it fully install, and then and then try to like uninstall it again. And I it started downloading and it just it just hung there forever, like at the installation part. So like as it was doing that, I tried to delete it again, and somehow this time it did end up fully uninstalling. And then from that point, once it was completely gone, I was able to make backups again. Yeah, you get what you pay for. Like a steak. Yeah, but it's one of those nice steaks. No, no. It, the iPhone in reality is a $12 steak. Hmm. That's also another pretty good show title. You, you got you to gotta spread these out. We, we can only have one per show. <laughs> Wavy lays. Wavy lays, yes. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, I got a bunch of downer topics. So, well, actually, do you want to keep going with this? Uh, sure. So, uh, I think you, or perhaps I, one of us, yeah, uh, posted uh, or linked to an article where somebody made the suggestion, uh, on, I think it was on VentureBeat or something, that um, Apple should maybe perhaps uh, take more of a Google approach to individual application uh, updates uh, on iOS. So I know you don't use an Android phone full-time, but how Google does it is uh, you don't necessarily need an entire operating system version uh, in order to get an updated version of something. So the Gmail app and the calendar application and kind of the core uh, like main functions of the phone um, uh, for like surrounding the Google services are uh, individual applications that come pre-installed on the phone, of course, but get their updates individually through the Play Store. So when there's a bug or something needs to get fixed or there's a new feature, Google doesn't have to can deliver that to everybody, regardless of whether or not the manufacturer or the carrier or whoever um, has approved like a new operating system version. 
And because of the bugginess with the uh, Apple Music service on top of its overall kind of just mediocrity and everything else, uh, the suggestion has come around that Apple should maybe take the same approach. And and I very much agree with it. And I want to know what you think. Oh, yeah, I I agree 100%. I, I can't see any reason in the world other than for marketing purposes why you'd hold back updated improved versions of the built-in apps until the next full version of your os that yeah that doesn't make any sense to me yeah and i'm not really sure if it would add any complexity to anything because i mean I, I don't really think it does with google's software at all um but yeah i don't know why not because that's kind of what they already sort of do with uh the iwork suite well, iWorks and and also I was thinking of because you know iWorks. I guess iWorks does well. It doesn't technically come pre-installed. I guess you have to like download it when you get your phone. But I'm thinking of like, doesn't the podcast app come pre-installed and hasn't that gotten separately updated? That I don't know because I know the pre-installation of that is new to iOS eight point two or something. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's right, and maybe it actually hasn't been updated since then. Because the thing is, I don't, like, what, what about iBooks? Does iBooks get individual updates, or is that an OS release version thing, too? No, I feel like that has gotten separate updates. See, this, I don't know, man. Um, I mean, I don't ever really use any of those apps, so I don't really pay a lot of attention. Until they break my phone and don't allow me to do backups. Yeah, I do not have the iWork suite installed. But no, iBooks, I get a lot of use out of when I'm reading. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that's a really interesting idea. And I don't really like, I mean, in my Android phone, I I know I'm not necessarily the regular user, but on my Android phone, I don't think that adds any complexity at all. I I can't think of a reason why it would. I don't, I don't know why the, the built-in apps would necessarily be any different than just any other app. Yeah. Do you think Apple should ever uh, allow people to, um, delete core pre-installed applications? Yes. Why? Because they're very easily downloaded again. I'm not sure they are. Well, I mean, you go into the the App Store and it's one button away. But the App Store search is broken. So how would Apple even fix that even for their own apps? They make a, make a menu that's just for the built-in iPhone apps. Mm, too many dialog boxes. <laughs> So okay, if you had if you had your uh, your way, what would you what what apps would be gone? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good because, question. Because and I think we've we've talked about this briefly in the past, but on my uh, second home screen, which is kind of the general crap drawer of my iPhone, uh, there's a uh, folder called defaults, which has all the built-in applications I don't really care for and have been replaced. I don't think they should be uninstalled, but I just that's all the stuff that I've replaced with things I enjoy better such as the mail client, calculator, calendar, contacts, maps, notes, podcasts, reminders, stocks, basically everything. Also here, I I went over and got my iPhone and I'm looking at my iApps folder. So I would get rid of voice memos, compass, well, newsstand's going to go away, so I guess that doesn't really count. Um, iPhoto and iBooks, I guess, don't come pre-installed, do they? So iBooks does, guess, iPhoto does not. So iBooks, I'd get rid of weather, um, health, and stocks. Well, health you can't get rid of. <laughs> Why not? Well, I know I can't, but 
I well, mean, be, because that's that... that's like the like where do you think all the uh, data that your iPhone spits or that your Apple Watch spits out goes? Doesn't it just go to the activity app, which is based on health? Oh, okay. Anyway, but I mean, like, I've this... actually ne- I've actually never opened this health app. What does this even look like? Hold on, I use it. Let me see. Let me. Oh, this is kind of neat. It tells you steps and flights of stairs climbed and things like that. Yeah, let me send you a oh. thing. Because you, you can customize this. Hold on. Oh, I did this in uh, in iMessage instead of Slack, but oh well. Um, what's, your, what's your daily average of steps? Uh, you will find out in a second. Uh, let's take a look here. Well, this is for the week. So for the week, I'm... For the week, I'm 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 crushing you. Yeah, that's probably true. But I think the week probably includes. Yeah, this week includes the the half marathon I ran. So that doesn't count. That that doesn't quite count. Oh, I forgot. So what to, I what forgot is your? To, I forgot to congratulate you on that. Oh, thank you. Um, what um, what's what's your average for the year? Uh, hold on. This is super interesting to everybody at home. Yeah, v- very interesting. Yes. Uh, when I tap year, it doesn't show anything. Oh, there it goes. Well, it takes a minute. Uh, 6,442. I'm at 7,662. Way to go. Thank you. Look at me. I'm I'm getting more sleep, too. Oh, does it does it track your sleep? Mm-hmm. I think that might just because I'm using Lark. But how does how does it how does it track your sleep, though? When there's I think it's a uh, a mix of being plugged in and or no motion detected from the coprocessor or whatever the hell they call it. So when I go to sleep analysis, I just show no data. Yeah, mine shows me... Um, yeah, I think most of it's input through Lark. And yeah, mine shows me between uh, six and a half and generally about seven and a half hours. What is Lark? Remember that uh, fitness... Uh, robot thing i told you about yes yeah so it's a cool thing that uh lets you that kind of just gives you like motivational tips and stuff and kind of gently suggests uh whenever you're sedentary for too long to go do something in a cool way it's it's very it's very neat hmm so there's lark and then there's lark up uh it's, it's just lark it's the one that has the uh little uh little green dude as is uh yeah and also, I'm trying uh, trialing out uh, a fitness app called Human that I like too. Hmm. So, do you literally input every one of your meals into this app? No, not at all. Okay. Just just the ones you feel like. Uh, mainly none of them. Oh. I just do it for like just total activity. It'll show you like cool charts about um, like your movement compared to uh, days or weeks prior, and uh, like uh, sleep analysis and stuff. Got it. Yeah. What was the, we were talking about? Whether or not you can uninstall iOS apps. Yeah, and then somehow, well, I guess we t- started talking about the health app, and then went down that rabbit hole. Sure. So okay, see, so I'm shocked. Like I, I keep coming back to the to the built-in iOS weather app. I do not like other ones. Um, I very much like the look of the built-in weather app, but I find the actual weather predictions to just be wildly inaccurate. That, hmm. Has that not been your experience? 
like in terms of temperatures or precipitation? Everything. I mean, I, the temperature generally is like 10 degrees off of what it actually is. I think you're being hyperbolic, but... No, I'm really not. I, that has not been my experience. I also think the Yahoo weather app's very nice, so... I kind of... Accurate. I, I wish there was a way to... I very much like the Yahoo weather app, but if you could say don't integrate pictures from Flickr. Well, that's one of the best parts of it. But sometimes you get, like, just weird ones... It just once like I just wish it, it stayed static because like the data layout and the data density and just like the, the information that you're getting from it is very, very good. And I prefer that to the weather app. But sometimes like it's just you like one day you get a random picture that's not I don't know. I, I just don't care for it. I, I usually like the pictures a lot. Mm. Well, as we frequently do on the show, we agree to disagree. I didn't agree to that. <laughs> Uh, All right. What next? I let's let's take a um a sharp sharp left turn. I thought we were gonna take a sponsor break. Uh, maybe we'll get there. Um, so I want to talk about 4K. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I was think I was there was a uh, I think a Sony TV or, or something that was featured on Engadget this week, and and it was kind of t- you know touted as being the best 4K TV yet, and. I just I kind of started thinking like are we ever going to get to the point where 4K is going to be the true successor to 1080p or is there just not a big enough difference between the two and we're going to end up leapfrogging 4K to I mean it's probably not 8K but whatever's going to you know come after 4K like I put a different way like th- there was such a measurable difference between standard def and high def that getting people and getting content providers to switch over well it was a long process but it ultimately it was something that everybody knew was going to happen it was just kind of a matter of time same thing like going from vhs to dvd but i guess i feel like going from 1080p to 4k isn't that obvious just because the difference isn't that dramatic so, do, I mean, I guess my question for you is, do you think that 4K is the successor to 1080p, or are we just going to move straight to something else? Yes, I think it's the successor to 1080p. No, I don't think anybody will care about it for at least another 5 to 10 years. And I don't think we need anything better. Like, I think I think what we need, or what, what the most... <sighs> I know the consumer electronics industry wants another technology that makes everybody buy new shit or or sorry, new stuff. Um, (laughs) Like, no, no, let's go back to shit. Like (laughs) uh, I know they want everybody to have to rebuy everything and and that there's new ultra Blu-ray players and and, uh, all this stuff. Cause like the 4k is called ultra HD, right? Or is that the marketing term? Yeah. I think that's what, um, like Samsung refers to it as. Of course they do. All right. Um, but no, here's like what I would much prefer, which I, I know doesn't really make anybody any money, but why not just have good uncompressed 1080p? Because 1080p and Blu-ray look awesome. But when it comes down and gets compressed to hell through Comcast or DirecTV to the point where you're watching uh, like baseball on, on Fox and it... it like the pixelation and just any motion just looks absolutely terrible. That's not 
the resolutions problem, it's the compression problem. So I, I think as like a, a media consumer, that is vastly more important to me. I don't think like, why do I just want shittily compressed 4K video that is going to have the exact same pixelation issues until we get a better, more efficient video codec? I would, I would just much rather have my current equipment just have better content to look at. Have you ever thought about getting a HD antenna? No. Yeah. I mean, d no, just because there's, how on earth would I do that? Or, I mean, like, how would I manage that with a TiVo? Because, like, very, I think actually almost none of what I watch is on broadcast television. I'm wondering if, because, um, you know, the, the TiVo has a spot where you can you can connect an antenna, but I'm wondering if you can have both a cable card and an antenna plugged in at the same time and switch between the two. I bet you, I bet you can. I don't think you can, and also I don't think that solves the issue. Well, I mean, it would it would for local channels. What what is the what what do other than Jeopardy? What do what do I or regular people watch on on broadcast television? Sports. I don't watch football. So what what am I going to watch? Ba baseball is is like what? There's like one out of every six games is is on NBC Bay Area. Well, and then Fox does their game every Saturday, which is very rarely the Giants. True. Well, it's because, you know, East Coast baseball is the only thing that really matters, as, as we've talked about. Ugh, I'm, so, I'm so happy for the Red Sox and, and the waste that they got. That was, that was Pablo Sandoval. <laughs> anyway, so you don't agree? Like, I think, like, I'm far more sensible, or, like, my, my solution of just having good 1080p, like, because when was the last time you watched a Blu-ray movie on your, on your PS4 or whatever? Uh, not that long ago. Picture quality was fantastic, wasn't it? Very good. I mean, same goes for um, iTunes rentals. The quality is very, very good. So, do you honestly think 4K would be would make how how much better do you think 4K would be? Well, that that's that's exactly why I brought this because, topic up. Because HD was or was I would say like f maybe five times better. Like it no, is you're, fantastic. You're you're, liter you're literally just reiter reiterating everything that i said to start the topic i don't think you did though that's exactly what i said i don't think there's a measurable difference between 1080p and 4k i don't think there's a big enough difference to justify going out getting a new tv and having all the content providers you know change to this new format so i guess what i take issue i'm sorry i'm not i'm not trying to argue with you but like you you suggested that or will like is 1080p to 4k worth it or is it the next thing or will it be leapfrogged by something else? And again, I don't think there is a something else. I think 4K is a technical improvement. I just like like 8K. Like, how will that look better? I mean, aren't there aren't there already like 8K TVs? I have no idea. I'm sure Japan probably at, at CES as well. They they shipped them in from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> like again. Like, 4K, I'm sure, looks perfect. I'm sure even on, like, an 80-inch TV, 4K looks perfect. I don't see our infrastructure, like, the means of delivering the content isn't improving fast enough. That's where the technology needs to improve. So I, I don't see how... I, I, think that's, I think that's a very, very fair point. I, I think even if, even if there were a measurable difference between 1080p and 4K looking at uncompressed video we still wouldn't even really be able to take advantage of it because of exactly what you just brought up, where 
we'd still be limited by where we're getting most of our content, which is, you know, through cable. And again, if everything goes to IPTV or over-the-top services, the the internet connection bandwidth sure as hell isn't there either. So I, I'm just, I just don't know how this is going to go. Yeah, you know, I, I was looking into this the other day. Like Netflix charges an extra, I think it's like four bucks a month to get 4K content. It's like three or four bucks a month. But again, what plays that? I think it's like maybe a Roku box and some weirdo with a with one of those funky, like some eccentric billionaire who can afford a 4K TV. No, 4K TVs actually aren't really that expensive anymore. I mean, Vizio has a few models that are very reasonably priced. Yeah, but I wouldn't buy a Vizio for their creepy patents. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird story this week. I don't know if we actually want to talk about. Well, hold that, on. But... Do you remember the? Hold on, I gotta find this. Do you remember the? Um... The Sony McDonald's patent? No. Let me. Um, you can you can edit all this out. Yeah, yeah, we'll cut we'll cut most of this out. Okay. Uh, Slack. Okay. So I think of like uh, I think it was like four years ago. Uh, Sony patented uh, some things to make television more interactive, and their examples were. In order to end a commercial, your TV would have sensors that you would have to yell at the TV McDonald's to stop the commercial. Wow, that sounds terrible. It does, and that's that's what all this reminds me of. I, and that's what that's why I was so uh, spooked by Connect and all that kind of stuff of like having something that was always listening because that that's the whole point that advertisers want to be able to see that you're engaged with something. Yeah. Anyway, that's why that whole physio patent seems uh, creepy as hell. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. All right, you want to move on? Uh sure. Yeah. Okay. Um do you want to revisit Apple Music for a second? I feel like Apple Music's become our Uber. Oh no, Uber's still Uber. <laughs> well, just just in just in the sense that we have to bring it up every week. No, this is just uh, something that occurred to me when I was having kind of a weird week. Ron, I've, I've been I've been kind of contemplative this week but do you so you say you don't use itunes anymore right no not not really so why are you and most people of your generation like why does nobody seem to care about like amassing a a music collection anymore or why is everybody resigned to the fact that music is now like impermanent like let's say uh one day kesha decides to remove all of her music from from Spotify or RDO, and then half your library goes away. So, like, just why is everybody cool with not owning stuff anymore? Well, yeah, I, I was going to say that. I don't, I don't really think this just applies to music. I think it just applies to media in general because I, I feel the same way about movies that I do music. Well, no, and also, like, Netflix, where, like, there's a movie. I, like, so I, I've had a TV series I was watching on Netflix, like, get, uh, the like, the licensing rights, like, revoked or, like, the, their contract expires as i'm watching it right i i have to go obtain the other episodes through other means i i mean yeah i guess i'm just i'm not really the type to collect things in general and really like the only reason i ever did buy like physical cds or you know physical vhs tapes or dvds or whatever was because that really was the only way to to get that type of content and as soon as there became a different solution like streaming 
then you know the the need for a physical object kind of went away and it having that object never had anything to do with you know collecting it and having it forever it was just more about it really being the only option hmm i i, I disagree or i mean because back like it, from 2003 to 2013 like back when people still bought like uh singles and albums on the itunes store like you were kind of saying like i like this song and i i like i would like to keep it for a while yeah, but that was still only because streaming really wasn't a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I just something about me do, just doesn't like that idea. It's like, and that's the whole thing that goes on with video on demand and, and Netflix and all that kind of stuff. Where I just like the impermanence of of like your media experiences and things you enjoy. I don't know, like when you buy a movie on DVD or something, like, and you're like, I, I, I like this, and I would love to be able to maybe watch this in six years, or, or look back on something, I think I enjoyed. Like, I don't know, I, it seems weird to me. Well, I, I think the the flip side of what I was just describing, how I feel with collecting things, I think there are many people who are exactly the opposite, where they really do enjoy the kind of collection part of it. It's, it's not even just about watching or listening it, it's a, it's really about owning and it's just, it's just a difference of how you feel about content for me i i don't really have i'm not really worrying about whether what i'm listening to or watching today if i'm going to immediately be able to ex, you know access that six years from now that's just not really something that i i think about yeah i don't know and that just spooks me i'm not sure why so I mean, are you are you sitting there like collecting Blu-rays and and CDs, or I mean, what, what's your what's your solution to this? No, but when I like, I mean, I will still occasionally like rip movies or do that kind of stuff, or I don't know, it just I don't know. I'm thinking a lot about uh, kind of just uh, like uh, just everything about like the sharing society and like lack of ownership of anything. How everything everything feels like it's just becoming more temporary. Everything's becoming a lot more service-driven. Kind of. I mean, it depends on what uh, connotation of the word you mean. What do you mean by what connotation? Like what you actually mean by service. Like Netflix, like Apple Music, a subscription. Yeah, but but again, the subscription, like you're not saying that you are subscribing to like all of uh, like Lionsgate's movies or something. You're saying that a company that you pay eight dollars a month to, who negotiates temporary rights to movies and 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 video content, when it's advantageous for the rights owners, you get to see random stuff. Yeah, but if if the that collection of random stuff is up to your standards in, in terms of what you want to to watch, then you know who cares what's not on there. Sure. I don't know. It's it's a it's a difference of opinion. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer, but for me, stuff can't move fast enough towards these subscription type services. I, I'm I'm all about it. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen though. Oh, I I think it. I mean, there there will always be a market for purchasing both digital copies and physical copies of media, but over over time, that's going to become less and less of a thing. Yeah, and then they're going to have to figure out different business models. Like, why on earth would somebody, like, if, if nobody's bought, like, subscription services 
are not what pays to get a film made. So, like... Well, but going to the movies does. Like, I just think of movie studios and television... Like, in, in television, is facing really weird times right now. So, I, I just think the economics of the entertainment industry are going to change a lot when the primary revenue streams dry up and everybody thinks that they're owed the entirety of all media for $8 a month. Well, I think that's that's transitioning into a different topic, though. How so? It's the same thing. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond the whole, like, permanence of media, like, for personal consumption thing. I'm saying that people seem to, like, if all well, but, media... But that's, that, that's, that's one topic, right? But then now what you're talking about is, does what people are expecting now through these services lead to a viable economic solution sure and the answer is no (laughs) well i don't know about that it pays for netflix original content absolutely so then you then now have to pay for amazon prime to get amazon originals and you have to pay for hbo go to get this so there's all the so again you're just paying for the same stuff in different ways because all this the non-first party content that you're getting from these services won't be there if nobody's buying the re- the the content in the real way that the company actually makes money. Like subscription is so experimental for so many people, just in the same way that ESPN on Sling TV is experimental because they're trying to figure out what they want to do in the future, but if the thing that actually keeps the lights on no longer exists, then they're sure it's all going to pull it off uh all these streaming services and Netflix will have almost nothing except a bunch of reruns of House of Cards. Hmm. <sighs> All right. Let's let's do some happy stuff. Okay. What happy stuff do you have? <laughs> uh, I mean, we can get into our uh, podcast recommendations and our picks of the week. Uh, sure. Can we start with picks of the week? Oh, we can. Yes. All right. Uh, you go first. Okay. So, uh, you you are personally not going to like this pick, but you know that's fine. Um, how do you know? I have, strong, sure. I have a strong hunch. Um, so the on the both the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4, there is a service called uh, PlayStation Plus. And this, this is basically the equivalent to um, being like an Xbox Live Gold member. Quick interruption slash question. Yes. I thought the whole, I thought Sony's whole thing during the console wars was we don't charge for online. Yeah, they, they scrapped that. <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. Um, is it good at least? It is. It's very good. Um, and one of the things that both of these services have done now for the last year or two is every month they will give away a free game or free games, uh, which is awesome. And um, this month on the uh, PlayStation Plus service, the free game is uh, it's called Rocket League. Um, and it, it is just tremendous fun. Uh, it's it's an online you know, competitive multiplayer game. And the best way to describe it is it's soccer, but with cars. Interesting. So you, 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 you were driving around, yeah, you were, you were driving around a car and there is an enormous soccer like ball and it's the standard mode is three on three. And, you know, your car has boosts and high jumps and double jumps and kind of some various maneuvers. And it's, it's basically like just soccer. And it's great because the matches are only five minutes long, so they're it's really quick. 
Um, there's no in-app purchases or anything. It, it's just, it's very straightforward. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it is, it's, it is just so much fun. Um, and it's, it's totally free if you're a PlayStation plus member. So you got nothing to lose. Cool. I don't know. I, you, I, I was proven wrong. You actually, you actually do seem to like that. No, no. I like, I, I love racing games or I, I love, I love car games and, Again, I just like the threshold to get for gaming for me is, is just a little too high to the point where I will, I probably will never buy another console. But that seems really cool. I mean, I would say that both PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live are almost to the point where, like, I I almost feel like I don't have to really buy that many games because the the free ones that you get with these services can, can I, are usually can I interrupt like, you? Or, sure. Does this not speak to the exact same Netflix thing we just talked about? It kind of does. If, if if again, if if everything's given away for free or almost nothing, then okay, please go on. No, that that was my point. Is that it, you know the, the annual subscription that I pay for those services. If if I get even just one or two games a year, you know that's that's pretty good. Yeah. So does Xbox or do the consoles offer anything else? Like, is it is it really just full games and then? like entertainment on demand stuff like is there anything else that anybody would ever want to own a concept uh, a console for anymore um i mean both sony and microsoft really push the multimedia features but i mean i already have 18 other boxes that do netflix but like if we're just doing a really simple comparison like a, a, an xbox or a ps4 to an apple tv other than the games like is it probably like 80 percent as good Oh, I mean, a hundred. I mean, I I watch Netflix on my Apple TV. I, I I prefer that over the Xbox and PlayStation Four. Gotcha. So yeah, unless you're in it for the games, there's no reason to own a console. You're way better off with a sixty nine dollar Apple TV. Yeah, man, I forgot it was that cheap. Yeah. Uh, should I get my pick of the week? You should. Uh, my pick of the week is uh, number eight. Uh, Mr. Hunter Pence. Huh. Okay. Did you see uh, earlier today, or I think yesterday, the stat that ESPN put out? I I did not. So the San Francisco Giants, uh, when uh, Hunter Pence is in the starting lineup, are twenty-five and seven. Uh, when he's not, they are thirty and thirty-seven. So it seems it seems like he's an important player. He is an important player. I think he just seems like an incredibly fun guy, and I'm. I'm glad he's currently not injured, and I am very excited to see uh, what the Giants do now that they... I, I don't... What was the result of the Dodgers game tonight? Do you know? Uh, the Athletics were ahead last time I checked. So up until... So after um, this morning's... Uh, or this afternoon's win, uh, before this evening, uh, evening's Dodger game, uh, the Giants are now tied for uh, the lead in the NL West. And that was uh, after... I'm, I'm... Unfortunately, the breaking news. Sorry, unfortunately, the the Dodgers came back and won. Rats. Yeah. So are we now uh, back to a half game down? I guess that's right. Yeah. yeah. But overall, after a really rocky uh, start to the season, things are uh, looking all right. So, thank you, Mister Hunter Pence, and everybody else who plays. Hmm. Interesting pick. Did not see that coming. Full of surprises. Uh, so do you want to do you want to keep this rolling and provide your uh, your podcast recommendation? Well, so what what would you like to be recommended? Um, are you looking for a genre? Sure. Or, um, or, or to, 
What, do you listen to exclusively technology podcasts? No. Okay. Well, actually, let me have you start it out. Give me give me some suggestions of uh, shows you know you don't already know that I listen to. Well, so I've mentioned that that are not sports. Uh, no, this is not sports. Okay. Um, it's video games. Your other favorite thing. Um, I've mentioned before that I very much enjoy the uh, Giant Bombcast, which is the the weekly podcast from Giant Bomb. Um, they recently started their New York office, and the uh, the New York office now also does a weekly show. Theirs is called the uh, Beast Cast, and uh, it is it's awesome. It's it's basically like the Bombcast, but with you know a different different group of people, and I I very much enjoy it. But if you're not into video games, it's there's not a whole lot there for you. I'm sorry. Okay. Do you have any recommendations for somebody who's not into video games? Uh, that that was the only one that I came uh, pre prepared with this evening. Okay, well, d- just throw them out there. What, what what do you listen to? Well, I mean, so I'm I'm looking at Overcast here, and I've got you know our uh, our wonderful show, of course. Um, I've got Upgrade. I've got Accidental Tech Podcast. I've got Reconcilable Differences, which I actually haven't started listening to yet. Still, I've got five episodes queued up on that. Uh, the Talk Show. Um, what else do I have here? I've got the Grantland NFL podcast, the in- in- Incomparable, which I listen like one every eight episodes of, if that, uh, the Low Post, which is Grantland's NBA podcast, and uh, the podcast method from 5x5. Five five. That's it. Uh, that That is the entire list, yes. Wow. Okay. Yikes. Now, now I feel like a weirdo for having like 50 podcasts. Yeah, but do you I mean do you actually keep up with all of them? Well, most of them are not weekly. Oh, so I mean, it depends what like what you're looking for. So, and you don't actively subscribe to You Look Nice Today anymore. Are they regularly putting out episodes for that again? No, not at all. Well, then no. I'm you never not. go back. You don't ever. I don't know. Maybe I'm, just, I'm. I'm probably a huge weirdo. But you don't have favorite podcast episodes. Like you're just kind of. I'm bored and I want to laugh a little bit. Um, I've done that occasionally, but not not all that often. Gotcha. I keep it subscribed just because it makes me happy. Um, so you, so just kind of common ones that I think out of you or others might get a, get a kick out of. Uh, Planet Money is always great. Radio Lab is fantastic. Um, there is. Yeah, I used to subscribe to both, and I I just kind of this kind of fell out of the rotation for me. Because I don't know they Planet, are they are very because Planet Money it's it's great it's short it's fifteen minutes you you get a couple a week it's it's very very good. Um, I, actually, I'm 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 actually I'm gonna I'm gonna subscribe back to that right now here. Yeah, it's really good. And then uh, on the newer side of things, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Gimlet Media. They did the startup podcast. Um. Oh, that was with um. The former Planet Money guy. Exactly. So that's very good. Um, their first show that they ever made uh, outside of the startup podcast was called or is called Reply All, uh, which is a podcast of internet-related things, which is um, surprisingly good and detailed and very, very uh, entertaining. So I recommend that. This is called what? This is called Reply All. Reply All. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna add this. Why not? Uh, there's a show, uh, and then kind of in terms of like, uh, kind of technology-ish ones. Oh, well, and of course, uh, you know, Fresh Air is, is awesome. Still pretty good. Um, I'm a fan of, uh, Hello Internet, which is pretty good. Uh, Debug, which Guy English does, is a good one. 
And then in terms of uh, just random ones, uh, 99% invisible and uh, by the way are also recommended shows. Um, I feel like I was going to ask you something. Oh, um, reconcilable differences. Did you do you still recommend listening through that? I do. The third episode again still makes me angry, but mm. um, yeah, I enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Again, it 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 it, it goes back to like uh, old style. Uh, Merlin and uh, John Syracuse calls him out on his nonsense much more than anybody. Uh, most most other hosts who ever do a show with him uh, never will. Hmm. Yeah. So that's mainly it. I don't know. Again, it may, I, I, I'm surprised you listen to so few. Or perhaps maybe uh, the other ones that you mentioned, all the sports ones that I don't listen to, are so regular that that keeps you busy. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a fair way to put it. Because most of the shows that I mentioned are maybe bi-weekly or monthly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have good back catalogs where if you have like, like 99% Invisible is a fantastic show about design that's super, super interesting. That's a, it's a, like, I think, uh, like there's three a month, but has a, a back catalog of like 170 episodes, which are all just super, super interesting. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So do you care about Windows 10 at all? I, yes, I do. Um, I, I thought about bringing that up this evening because, you know, Windows 10, as of this recording is now out, came out today, July 29th, but I I haven't yet installed it or anything, so I don't feel like I have a lot to say yet. But I, I do fully intend on installing it either sometime this week or this weekend. Sure. Um, have you read much about or do you have many opinions on kind of this whole – like they, they have a strategy where applications that are written for Windows 10 are so, like inherently compatible with Windows Phone 10 and Windows for tablets? Or I don't know. What, what's the third one called? Hmm. Because they have like this new like three pronged approach, like where it's the phone, regular Windows 10, and I don't know if they're separating like touch optimized Windows now or what the what the deal is. I mean, who who knows really? Anyway, but do, but do you have any? Um, I I I what I've seen looks really good. Um, this I mean the start. I think I've, we've talked on the show. The start menu is exactly what what the start menu should have been in Windows Seven. Um, you mean eight? No, I mean, oh, did, I thought doesn't didn't seven also have the, or did seven? No, seven did have a start button. You're right. Seven, I meant seven was the last good one. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, the the start button in in ten is what it should have just been an eight. Um, but I don't. I, I guess I don't. Um, I don't know. I guess when I use my Windows computer, Windows is kind of just like in the background. I feel like I feel like when I'm using OS ten. OS is an actual like integral part of the experience of using a Mac, whereas when I'm using like my work laptop or my um, desktop here at home, you know, like in the case of my work laptop, Windows really is just a vehicle to use Outlook and Excel, and at home it's just a vehicle to play games on my desktop. But I, I for the most part, I just kind of ignore it. Hmm. Does that does that make sense? It kind of does. I don't know. For me, like, I don't think OS ten is is ever really front and center for me. Like, I'm I'm, I'm not sure. I I ever. I don't. Know, I I think it, it's it's much more in the background. Like you would suggest that uh, that Windows is. 
Like when you when you say you're inter- interacting with it a lot, what do, you, what do you mean? Like just you're spending a lot of time in the Finder, or what, what do you mean? I guess it's just the. Hmm. I guess just the overall aesthetic seems to be more important, and seems to be driven by the operating system. Whereas on Windows, I don't I don't really get that same experience. I would say that's 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 a that's a good observation, and that's really true. But I think that's more speaking to the fact that Windows doesn't really have a coherent design sense, or or that Windows developers don't care. Like like a strong Mac application will generally adhere to Apple's UI guidelines and will seem like it fits. Where I think on Windows, it an app is more or an application is generally more uh, judged on its on its functionality and aesthetics are like a distant third. Yeah, and I but I, I do think this all kind of comes back to the idea which is becoming m- more common to kind of just accept as being, you know, standard, which is that the operating system it matters less and less. Yeah, I think I think the operating system now really is sort of just it's just in the background because so much of what we do now is is web based. Um, it just the the operating system you're running just matters less than it used to. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't know. The web browser is becoming a lot more important. It totally right. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess you know it feels like a major release of Windows used to be this huge thing, and now now it's just not. In fact, even just the way it's being rolled out is is speaks to that where it basically is just like an update, like like a software update to Windows eight and like and Windows seven, I guess. Well, but I mean, but isn't that taking a page out of Apple's book? It is. I'm I'm not saying it's unique to Microsoft. I'm just saying it, it speaks to the fact that upgrading your OS isn't really. It's just not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is just it's it's trying to emulate the success or or kind of the the lack of friction that's been provided in 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 mobile. So, yeah, and I I think it's it's the way to go. I, upgrading your operating system shouldn't be a big deal. It just shouldn't take days and days. It should just be a simple process. Yeah. If only all technology was that easy. <laughs> Indeed. Again, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know, I, maybe I'm just weird, but I can't ever imagine doing an operating system upgrade without doing a clean install. Like, even with OS X that's much more reliable, I don't. I was thinking about that. I've, I've done just an upgrade um, the last couple of versions of OS X. With Windows, I always do a clean install, and I'll, I'll do that with Windows 10 as well. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with um, uh, El Capitan. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to do a clean install or an upgrade. Every time we talk about that that operating system, are you going to always do it with that accent? Yes. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I know how much you enjoy it. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to El Capitan. I'm going to just say it with an affected accent as well, except it, the reverse one. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I. I don't. I already forgot all the features with that one. To be honest, I forgot everything from WWDC. Well, yeah, because iOS 9 and El Capitan just aren't, they're just not very remarkable. There's just really nothing special about them. And I I think we're going to feel that same way about the hardware this fall, too. It's all just very iterative. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to buy it just to get a new new battery. That's kind of, seems like kind of a waste. (laughs) 
it does. I keep coming back to considering the iPhone six plus for the or, or the six plus for the uh, S revision. For the what? For the S revision. Oh, that that's. I literally said that on the show, what, two weeks ago, and you thought I was a crazy person. No, I still think you are, and I now I just think I'm crazy, too. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I've, I upgrade my phone every year, so I'm thinking, you know, why, just let's give it a shot for you no, and see how it goes. No, it, But I mean, like, what, what's there to really lose? One-handedness. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I keep thinking about it just because, again, the battery life issue is like, like because it's such a, a big-ass phone— you you get a much bigger battery in there, but again you you, you can't one handed type. How on earth do you manage that? Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Like every time um, I think about it, I, I I lust after it for two minutes, and then I come to my senses and I'm like, Ugh. right. And well, every every time I do that, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Every time I feel that way, I'll pick up my iPhone six and go, no, yeah, no, th- this is the right size. Why can't they make a thicker phone? Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah I. I don't I don't disagree with that. All right. Um all right, we're about an hour and ten minutes. I think. Yeah, I think I think this this is this is about right. All right. So just just as a preview for next week, I'm gonna need you to start thinking about uh time management. Oh yeah, you put that on the in the Slack this weekend, ironically. We ran out of time. Um but yeah, we sh- we'll come back to that next week. We're gonna do a little uh miniature back to work. Okay. We're gonna help some people. Yeah, we always do. <laughs> <laughs>